You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to Locked On Rockets, your home for podcast coverage of the Houston Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose. As we chat on this Tuesday, the page has been turned fairly quickly from the Rockets' latest preseason win. If you haven't heard already, the Rockets did get the W117-95 in Madison Square Garden on Monday night against the Knicks. We do have a recap show in our archives going back to last night, if you want to hear about how the Rockets played in that game, led by James Harden, 36-11-9. Brilliant game for him. But Tuesday, less about any one individual game, less about any one individual player, and more about big picture direction of the franchise. As I discussed in last night's show, the big event today was the official introduction of Tillman Fertitta to the Houston media. It's an event that we've been waiting on for a while. The news that Tillman had been cleared by the NBA's Board of Governors came late last week. Friday, as a matter of fact, we got the news that 30-0, he was approved. Saturday, the Rockets announced the press release that he was officially the new owner, meaning Les Alexander no longer was. But because the Houston media has been so preoccupied lately, a bunch have been in Boston with the Astros, a few others on Sunday were with the Texans here locally. The Rockets waited until neither the Texans or the Astros were playing to hold the official press conference with Tillman. So we got to meet him midday Tuesday. I went down there to Toyota Center. It was fun. Tillman's a very engaging guy. has a very large family and group of friends who were all there. So it's certainly a very uh, rowdy, fun environment. Not a typical press conference, but you learn to roll with it. And certainly Tillman's a guy immediately you can see that he's different than Les Alexander. He's more Mark Cuban in terms of style than he is Les, just from the standpoint of he's very engaging with the media. We all know he has the TV show Billion Dollar Buyer. I don't think it necessarily is going to impact his basketball decision-making one way or another, but in terms of his visibility, it is a little bit different. And that was certainly uh, on display at Toyota Center Tuesday. First thing we saw walking into the media room was a giant sign saying that if you go in, you are consenting to potentially being on TV because the Billion Dollar crew was there filming the, the press conference. So there were a few just new things. Certainly the Landry's logo was in the background along with the Rockets logo behind the press conference uh, panel. So there's lots of new things which you expect with Tillman Fertitta, and we've discussed his background at length before. The best interview I've had on it was actually with Matt Jackson. If you go back in our archives to September 8th, I believe, it was early September, but I talked with Matt, longtime veteran Houston sports insider here in Houston, big U of H guy. He's known Tillman predominantly through his work with U of H Athletics, but through a number of other ventures as well. thought that shed a lot of insight into who Tillman is and who he might be as an owner. But the press conference, it's interesting because that's the first day today that we could actually talk to him and ask him questions. Because through the process, he was prohibited from talking to the media as a representative of the team. Now, he has been around Toyota Center, so certainly Gerald Morey, Tad Brown, the higher-ups in the Rockets organization have been getting to know him even prior to just the past couple of days that Tillman has been the official owner. But Tillman could not speak as representative of the team or address us in the capacity as owner until this process formally concluded. And in today's press conference, we heard from not just Tillman, but Tad Brown, the CEO, who kind of oversaw the sales process and the transition from Les to Tillman Fertitta. And so in this show, what I'm going to break down are the highlights of that and what I think the primary takeaway should be for you, the Rockets fan, and what we learned today that maybe we didn't know as much yesterday. 
And where I'm going to start with this, I'll point out that if you want to watch the full video, it went on for about 30 to 45 minutes. I believe it's all going to be at Rockets.com. If you want clips, Mark Berman of Fox 26 in Houston, at Mark Berman, Fox 26 on Twitter, has a handful of videos on various topics. So if you want to hear full commentary, please check there. And it's not going to be that hard to see at complete length what Tillman had to say. But in terms of my ability to contextualize, the first thing I'll say, it led off with Tad saying that not being a distraction to the team was a priority for less in the sales process. And where I believe he was alluding to with that was the expedited nature of the process. When the Rockets went up for sale in mid-July, Tad mentioned the potential for it to go on for three to nine months. And many sales processes with NBA teams have taken at least that long, if not longer. But at the same time, the Rockets, now James Harden, Chris Paul, a legitimate contender in the NBA, you don't want an uncertain ownership picture hanging over the you know, kind of hanging over, casting a pall over whatever's going on during the season. So they found a way to get this done and not just get it strategically agreed to, but actually announced, signed, sealed, and delivered by the NBA's Board of Governors before the opening of the season on October 17th. That is a really, really fast timetable, and that speaks to the dedication that Les Alexander had in terms of getting this deal done before the season. And I think that's great because the Rockets won't have to deal with any of these questions or any of this conversation during the season. It all gets taken care of uh, beforehand. And I think that's really big. And it shows you just how much Les cared about the Rockets. As Tad said, Les is probably the greatest owner in the history of this city. It's a city in Houston that has lots of great sports franchises, but the Rockets, in my opinion, have been the best. And Les, as far as owners go, the best of those. So certainly you, you give credit to Les for the time he spent in Houston over the past 25 years. But beyond that, one strong endorsement of Tillman Fertitta to me from the jump was Les's willingness to sell the team to him. Because for Les, the Houston Rockets are like his baby. Even Tillman, now Tillman loves it, and we'll get into that in a minute, but he's got other ventures, certainly Landry's, for example, the Golden Nugget. He's got a lot of other things going on. With Les, he is the Houston Rockets. That's it. This is his baby. And yes, there was a time this summer was the time for him to get out, probably in part because the valuation of the team is so high. But he truly cares about the organization, about the city. He is genuinely a good guy. So for him to leave his most prized possession to Tillman Fertitta, that to me shows a high degree of confidence that Les believes that Tillman is going to be a good steward and lead them in the direction that he's comfortable with. Because I can guarantee you Les would not make a panic sale to someone who he was not aligned with philosophically in terms of his vision for the franchise. So that in and of itself, Les agreeing to sell so quickly, we actually found out, you know, Les put the team up for sale in mid-July, and it was Friday, August 25th, the day before Hurricane Harvey, or I guess the day Hurricane Harvey was taking landfall in extreme South Texas, the day before its impacts really just shattered a lot of homes and led to all the devastation we've seen around Houston the day before that, that's when Les gave the word to Tad Brown to initiate the closing process with Tolman and say that, hey, it's at this point, we know you're the guy. We are going to sell the team to you, and it's just a matter of going through the customary uh, closing process of that. And as far as hearing from Tolman himself, you have to differentiate between the made-for-PR quotes and the anecdotes. And to me, it's the anecdotes that are actually a little more valuable, because when you go into a press conference like this, both Tad and Tolman, they have prepared remarks, and yes, everybody's excited. And to some extent, I get that the fan-based media, it's always nice to have a fresh start, new energy. You rarely see 
a new coach, new GM, new owner, a press conference like that go poorly. It's one of those things, it's a fresh start, everyone has a way of focusing on the positive until there's something negative to dwell on. So that's why you heard a lot of positive things, but at the end of the day, when it comes to commitment to winning and Tillman said the right things about um, that, that they would do anything to win. He certainly didn't say they wouldn't pay the luxury tax. But at the end of the day, those are all going to be a case-by-case basis, and the proof's going to be in the pudding when the Rockets actually get to that situation, potentially as soon as the summer of 2018. So I like what I heard today. He certainly didn't shoot down the idea that they would go above and beyond in terms of payroll and things like that. But at the same time, even owners that are planning on being cheap rarely make it clear on day one. So I don't look so much at the specifics of the plan quotes so much as when you get into some of the anecdotes, some of the you know off-script discussions that happen when you get into a normal kind of Q&A flow with the media, with people that are trying to probe and get more information. And there were a couple of things that really stood out to me today and made me feel good about this. The first from Tad Brown in which he was explaining that call on the Friday before Hurricane Harvey. And he said that when Tillman got the call, he broke down and cried. And he actually saw him, because actually it wasn't a call, it was a FaceTime. But to me, that speaks to what we've been saying for months, which is that Tillman is a Houstonian. This is not just a cold-hearted business decision for him. This is a guy who legitimately cares about this organization. The other anecdote that stood out, and this was from Tillman himself, he was talking about the future of the Rockets, and he mentioned, by the way, that even 50 years from now, when he's gone, he would instill, he would still anticipate the Rockets being an asset of his family, and he was pointing to his children. And certainly that can be positive or negative. It's for better or for worse, but hopefully if things are good, it's for better because you don't have to worry about what's going to happen in terms of, well, when this guy gets older the same way that Les did. Because with Les, he never had a huge family. This was he wasn't even a native Houstonian, although he grew into a great one. So there's always a little bit of a question on, okay, what's going to happen? Well, now you know that it's it's the Fertitta family, for better or for worse. And if they work out well, well, the good news is it's not even this generation. It's going to be their franchise for the foreseeable future. So there's even more stability than there was with less over the past 25 years, which potentially can be great. But of course, we'll have to wait and see how things turn out. But the other anecdote related to this, and this was from Tillman himself, he said before this deal closed, he sat down with his kids and said, "If for $2 billion, is there anything else in the world, anywhere, that you would rather buy? And that's an important conversation because as we said before, Tillman, while he's a wealthy man, he is not Bill Gates. His cash flow is not unlimited. This is a guy whose most recently estimated net worth was at about $3.1 billion. So really, the Rockets... This purchase at $2.2 billion is about two-thirds or even a little more than that of his overall net worth. So this is not an insignificant sum of money. This is not Bill Gates who can just throw things around and make it work. So he sat down with his kids and said, is there anything else you would rather do with that money? And the response was, well, obviously no, because he bought the team. But beyond that, there wasn't even a close second. And those two stories to me, him breaking down crying amongst, uh, when he heard the news of getting the team, and then they're not even being a close second when talking to his kids about this purchase before it gets down uh, to the nitty-gritty of actually closing, that to me speaks to the passion that he has for this organization, for this team. And that to me is the single most important variable. You want an owner that cares. That is the single biggest thing that you can hope for. 
because at the end of the day, there's going to be some decisions you agree with, some you don't. And he said all the right things. Actually, a lot of decisions, he said, yeah, he'll be there for the heavy lifting, some of the bigger decisions. But in terms of day-to-day, he'll leave a lot of that to uh, Tad Brown, the CEO, and Daryl Morey, the GM. And he stressed that there's not going to be an agree to disagree. They're going to work together and come to collaborative decisions. But in general, with an owner, there are going to be some decisions you like, some you don't. Even Les Alexander, certainly he made mistakes over the course of his 25 years. And I think he'd be the first to admit it. But at the end of the day, what you want is an owner that cares the same way that you do as fans. Because really where an owner makes a big difference is being willing to go the extra mile. To pay that luxury tax if a certain team is worth it. To go out there and do what it takes to sell your organization across the country, globally, whatever it may be, to attract top-end talent. What you want is an owner that's, that's driven by just an insatiable thirst to see the team win, not a thirst to see the exact profit margin. And I've said for a while that it it clearly wasn't all about profits for Tillman with this purchase, because if it was, then he could have waited waited and probably gotten a better sales price than $2.2 billion, which is a record for a North American professional sports franchise. But he closed it early because it was probably in the best interest of the team, and it was the best interest of him personally to get this out of the way, and he's ready to go on opening night, well, opening home night, which will be Saturday the 21st, a uh, week and a half from now when the Rockets host Dallas to open up the regular season here at Toyota Center. So that, to me, is the big takeaway I had from this. This is a guy, and you can throw his family in there as well, that genuinely cares. Yes, he's a Houstonian. You can certainly see that through his TV show, all the U of H stuff he does. But, yes, he really loves the Houston Rockets. And when you have someone that loves the Houston Rockets that isn't just doing it for the fame or because it can be a profitable business enterprise, then that's how you can get the level of investment to give your team the best chance to be a contender. Because at the end of the day, that's what it really takes. What you want from an owner is to understand the concept more than anything else that you have to invest proactively sometimes to generate the return of winning. And then, of course, when you win, then you boost that cash flow on the other side. What happens with bad owners, they won't increase the revenue. They won't do the things until they see the results, the revenue generated on the front end. And that's just not how it works in sports. You might can in other businesses, such as restaurants. You can cut costs, and that's an easy way to boost returns. But in sports, it all comes down to winning. It And winning often comes down to being willing to front money the same way that U of H, and of course they didn't succeed, but they made a hell of a good case to get in the Big 12 by investing proactively in the facilities, a new football stadium, re-energizing basketball with all the upgrades they've made there. And I think that's that shows you, and I've said this in the past, that I think Tillman gets the concept, but Tillman certainly today, it was all about his passion for the Houston Rockets, and that is the most important thing. He said a lot of other things that I think Rockets fans are going to like if you listen to the full press conference, but more than anything, I think it's that passion that's going to shine through because when you're the owner, are you willing to go that extra mile? Is it? Do you have that same passion that your GM, that your coach does to win a championship whenever you have the opportunity? And after listening to Tillman Fertitta today, I firmly believe he does. So those are my initial takes, why I'm so positive about that. Now, beyond that, there were some other positive things as well. Generally, every question asked to him about the luxury tax spending, he 
consistently deferred to it being a collaborative decision, getting together with Daryl Morey and Tad Brown. Well, folks, I can tell you, I know exactly where Daryl Morey and Tad Brown are. Those are the two most aggressive guys in the NBA when it comes to trying to build a contender and do everything that it takes to win. They get it. So if they're in the process, then, yeah, those are going to be two voices strongly uh, encouraging the best basketball decision, not the best business decision, at least on the front end. So I think it's great that that they're going to be heavily involved in the process. Tillman said at one point that uh, he had learned more basketball in the past 30 days than he had in the past, uh, I think, the rest of his life, is what he said. And, of course, the 30 days, he referred to being around Daryl Morey and his basketball people a lot more. So I think that's encouraging that he's going to listen to those guys. I said for a while, I never bought into the panic in July that a lot of Rockets fans had of what's going to happen to Daryl Morey or Chad Brown. No, Daryl Morey and Chad Brown, yeah, they're great at their jobs, and... In turn, they make it great for anyone who buys the Rockets. People who throw around this kind of money don't throw around that kind of money to then break up what's working. Yes, a lot of the times when you have a new owner, you do see the, the hierarchy kind of shaken up a little bit. But that's because many times when you have a major asset on the market, it's because there's some sort of temporary problem with that. There's something structurally flawed. This is a rare case in which the Rockets are on the market when they are at almost the peak of their powers. I guess the only time you could say they were at any higher as an organization would be in the mid-90s when they actually had won back-to-back NBA championships. But other than that, the Rockets as an organization had ne- have never been in a better place. And from a business standpoint, they're actually in a better place now and maybe from a GM standpoint as well than they were in the mid-90s. So... It's a rare opportunity to buy a team that's so ready-made. And Tillman mentioned that going in with James Harden and Chris Paul, he called it unbelievable to step into that situation. So this whole idea that you bring in an owner and it's going to be a big shakeup, yes, that often happens, but it doesn't often happen because the new owner is just itching to do something. No, I think every owner would love to be able to just essentially coast to success on the back of a great organization. It's just many times that doesn't happen. Many times the sale happens because there are certain problems, such as Drayton McLean getting out of the Astros when they were clearly in a down cycle. And of course, he cut costs even more to sell it at the most lean level back in 2010. This is the opposite of that. And so when Jim Crane took over, he took over a structurally flawed organization. That was part of why Drayton left when he did, because he knew the Astros were nowhere near contending again. This is the opposite of that. I think less sole combination of the right time in his life to do it. Also because he was trying to, rather than sell at its leanest the way Drayton did and save money on that end by cutting costs, I think Lus was trying to uh, basically increase the generated return and thus get a higher price based on how great everything is in place. So yes, I understand what happened when Jim Crane brought the Astros, and that happens when a lot of owners take over new investments, but that's because the investment they're taking over is generally flawed. Uh, the Rockets are the complete opposite of that. The Rockets are run incredibly well. Tillman gets it, and the comments we heard today, he called, I mean, he repeatedly praised Daryl and Tad, but he went above and beyond. He called Daryl the best general manager in the NBA. That's the highest praise as you can get. So we'll have to see these concrete decisions, because certainly when it comes to the tax, all the other things. You have Clint Capella that's going to get a $10 plus million raise after the season. You have Chris Paul who could be eligible for a new $200 plus million extension, which he's probably going to be looking for because it's the last time he's going to be eligible to get it given that age 38 rule. So there's a lot of questions and I don't think that we're going to know them immediately. I think the best you could hope for, as he said, is that he's going to involve Daryl Morey and Tad Brown heavily in the process. But beyond that, folks, he loves those guys. He is in tune and... Also, Gerald and Tad, let's point out, they have options themselves. If they wanted to go out to the market, 
they would have takers for their services very, very quickly. So for them to be sticking around, I think that shows a high degree of confidence in in where Tillman is going to take the Rockets on that end as well. So with that said, I will wrap things right there. Again, if you want to listen to the full Tillman comments, you can certainly do so. Mark Berman, Fox 26, had a ton of video clips. I've retweeted a lot on my timeline, but also I believe Rockets.com is going to have the full pressure as well. Tillman's a very engaging guy, certainly different than less, very media savvy, as you can imagine, since he has his billion-dollar buyer show. But um, yeah, if you want to listen, for fans, I think it's actually going to be even better because it's going to make the Rockets even more transparent than they were before. And so I think maybe you'll be able to get a little higher level of access when it comes to the decision-making process and how things are going to go under the Tillman Fertitta regime as it was under Los Alexander. But for now, uh, I think it's as positive as it can be. Again, I know there's a lot of made-for-PR quotes in there, but the anecdotal stuff, the Q&A, folks, I, I like Tillman. I'm, I'm sold. I think this is going to be a pretty good hire, and it sounds like the guys who matter the most around the Rockets, like Daryl Morey and Tad Brown, from what I can tell, they sound uh, on board themselves as well. So uh, that positive note, we'll wrap it. Again, this is Locked on Rockets, your home for podcast commentary on the Houston Rockets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Rockets. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Dubose. Or email us, LockedOnRockets at gmail.com. Questions, suggestions, advertising inquiries, anything we can do to make this a better program. This was sort of our off-day episode. The Rockets played Monday, don't play again until Wednesday, and this was the introductory press conference for Tillman Fertitta, so that's why I wanted to make this about that presser, those comments, talk one final time about the introduction of Tillman Fertitta. Won't be the final time we talk about Tillman, but I think we'll move from just this introductory role to actually starting to analyze the decisions he makes in the weeks, months, and years ahead. In the near-term future on this podcast, though, we're going to be turning back to basketball because the Rockets are back in action tomorrow night at Memphis, nationally televised game against the Grizzlies. So I look forward to talking with you guys more about the X's and O's of this actual Rockets basketball team now. For today, uh, enjoy your off-day, Rockets fans, and we'll be chatting again Wednesday during that Memphis game.